emotions exist only in the present tense. It's, it's they're either expressed or they're not expressed. I talk to people a lot of times about being emotionally constipated. In order to be able to stay free, you have to keep the emotional digestive system moving. People either love or hate that metaphor. We'd like to think we can differentiate and we're taught we're supposed to, that there's, you know, basically to, to use the metaphor graphically, there's some shit that's okay and some shit that's not. Nope, it all needs to move through. It starts right here, deep in your heart. Tom Rutledge and Dr. Alan Berger bring over 90 years of clinical experience to this important podcast, and they offer you a guarantee. You will gain something of personal value from each episode. And now, what matters most. It starts right Okay, so here we are. Start right here. Our new name. We're going to call this podcast Start Right Here, aren't we? Guys? Because, I've, because I've, I've been calling it that anyway. Start right here. And I like the idea because when I say the name of the, of the podcast, Alan, I point. So it's like I'm going, start, it's, like, it's sort of like start here. Start where? Right here. We forgot to put the word in there. That's yeah. Well, and, and, and the, other, the other thing is that, that uh, Kevin, with the music, with our with our theme song, he I love the things that he added to the lyrics and and right right the word right was was there too so so I like that a lot and I, and I and I also want us to be able to be I want I like to be specific because you know I think that sometimes we can all sit around and navel gaze and talk in big generalizations but I hope one of the things that you and I will do is and I think we we try to do is is do what we do in therapy sessions, which is try to bring it down to something that people can actually put into practice. Yes. So, so uh, to, today, uh, you chose the title. You, 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 I, I love how we're, we're kind of uh, evolving and choosing the, the subject for the next one at the end of each one. And, and uh, you, we were talking about holding on to ourselves, hold, holding on. And it, as I was thinking about that this morning, it was perfect because I was thinking, okay, we started, we, I, I go back to the very first book I ever wrote was Simple Truth. And the very first page on there says, before we are one, we are many. So one of the things that we have done is already begun to explore that, that the nature of our consciousness is multiple, not singular. And that when we understand that, when we can grasp that, when we can practice living inside that, we're going to feel more, well, we're going to feel more sane. We're going to feel more accepting of ourselves. Uh, we're not going to be thinking we're wrong about everything all the time. And, but then, it, then we go from there to trying to see, okay, who are all these people inside of us? Metaphor, of course, but it's like, then we, we be, so then we get to the place, I'm doing this very, very quickly and briefly here, but it's like, it's the nutshell I have is beneath, beneath who I am not is I will discover who I am. So it's an excavation. I'm going under there. I'm not my alcoholism. I'm not, I'm not the guy who hates me. I'm not the guy who, who's, who, who's self-doubting every little thing that I do. You know, I'm not this, I'm not that. It's like, so we get, we get a chance to get down there and find out, okay, who is this authentic person? Now, I'm sure that across the board, we're going to be exploring authentic self 
constantly because I think it's a theme. It's like I, I want people to know that I, that I certainly don't claim a, a mastery over that, and I don't think that it's something that you just land on and then you stay. But that's what brings us to today, what you were saying is, because that is one of the things. As we begin to get a, a sense of who I am, who I am as opposed to who I am not, that second voice, you know, second voice, first voice is not me, second voice is me. You talk about, and, I, and, I'm, and so I'm really interested to hear how you want to launch this off to say, this, once we have that authentic self, how, how, do you, how do you maintain it? How do you live from there? How do you hold on? That's what we're really talking about, holding on to something, right? And in mm -hmm. tennis, it's mm -hmm. holding on to your serve, which is an important oh, thing wow. for yeah. you to stay in the game. You're holding, you're holding mm -hmm. serve. That's what we mm -hmm. talk about. It's That's such right. an important thing because the, the serve is the one thing in tennis I have complete control over, right. which is an interesting metaphor as well because we're going right. to talk about this is in terms of how do you hold on to yourself. Uh, we'll get into it in a minute, but in tennis, I – I have complete control over when I initiate to serve. Yes, I have to do it within a certain amount of time. I think today it's 25 seconds between points, right? As mm -hmm. it used to be 30. But in that 25 seconds, I decide how to toss the ball. I decide how to hit it. That's all me at that point in time. And now it's influenced by the other person as all our behavior is going to be influenced by our mm -hmm. partner. There's no way around that. And, and I, we want it to. It's not unhealthy that we're influenced. Right. It's just that I can't be so influenced by that person or I'm going to be double faulting. If I'm so focused on what they're doing and how they're going to respond to my serve. You're not focused on what you're doing. I'm not focused on what I'm doing. Right. So, so the metaphor I thought you started with in terms, let me start mm -hmm. to serve. Let me serve. Let me serve. Yeah. It was exactly fitting in mm -hmm. terms of what we're talking about today because yeah. that is what we're talking about. How do you hold your serve in a relationship? Yeah. Right? You know, yeah. in terms of how you start the interaction with someone and how do you stay focused on what you're doing? And so you just brought up a great point. If I'm so focused on the other person, you're right. What happens to me? I'm not aware of what I'm doing. And if and I need to be aware of what I'm doing if I'm going to serve well. I need to, to pay attention to what we call task-relevant cues. That's what we say in sports psychology. Mm -hmm. There's task-relevant cues. So if I say don't double fault, what's going to happen? Well, you're going to think double fault, double fault, double fault. And you're going to double fault. Yeah. Don't think, brain, don't think of the color blue. Yeah. It's like, yeah. The brain yeah. doesn't process a, a negative. It doesn't, it doesn't right? encode negative. Yeah. It doesn't encode negatives, right? So if I go up and I go, don't double fault, I'm going to double fault. So now what I need to focus on is task relevant cues. Head up. Look at the ball. Hit up. All the things that are going to give me a chance to hit a decent serve. Right. Now, when I say I'm influenced by the other person, well, if they've been smashing their forehand return, I might think about serving to the backhand for a while. Right, right. And staying away from that. That's other what I was going to say. You're, when you say you're influenced by them, you're talking about, and, and, you're, and this is interesting to me too, because we're also talking about uh, not something that is, when we're future oriented, we're not present. We're not right here. But, 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 um, or where we're living in the future. Future orientation maybe is different from that. Well, your, your future oriented is you are aware, you have information about your opponent in that situation. So the information is in the present tense. That's, that's right. not getting ahead of yourself. That's I know that he has been, he has been just beating me with these forehands. You know, it's like, 
I'm not going to go there. I'm, you know, he's, I'm not going to give him a chance for that. This I'm, I'm going to pick my target to the backhand side for a while and see how that goes in terms of, of what's going to happen in, in our, you know, in the point and how the point unfolds. Mm-hmm. And it's all about experience, right? It's right. experiential. And with what I love about tennis, it's such a here and now sport, right? Unlike golf. To me, I could never play golf. The time between one hole and the other, I would have myself in such a tizzy. And that's to me, is the challenge if you're a golfer, is how to manage all what we call off-task time, right? Off-task wow. time yeah. is time when I'm not actually engaged in, right. for, for tennis, right? It's, it's when the point stops. Now it's off-task. You're picking up the ball. You're going back to reset to play the next point. That time is important. Now, that's only 25 seconds. In right. golf, how long does it take to get to the next hole? Here I go. And you know, for me, which I'm left with all these clowns in my head, by the time I get to the thing, I'm throwing my golf clubs. I'm mad. Why even bother playing this game? I'm I'm blaming the caddy. I mean, whatever it is, but but too much time. Too much time. Time to think about this stuff. So anyway, but what, what we're getting to today is about holding on to ourselves. And in, in this thing holds, look, we're, we're not trying to win anything in a relationship. So the difference is, is I'm trying to, to be my best self in a relationship. Yeah. And I'm trying to, Tom and I talk about this a lot. We, we encourage cooperation with integrity, cooperation mm-hmm. with individual choice, I don't want to just cooperate out of obligation because when I do that, I'm not holding on to myself. So we're going to start to approach a definition of this thing. Mm -hmm. When I say, my wife asked me, Hey, would you mind throwing the garbage out? And Mm -hmm. I'm sitting there watching a tennis match, the U S open. Um, and I really don't want to get up, but because I want her to love me, I compromise myself and I get up, but now I'm pissy about it. I'm not fully, I'm obligated to do it. I feel driven to do it. I'm not choosing to do it. I'm pressuring myself to do it. So now I do it and now I'll be pissy about it. She'll pay for that later on in some way. But if I sit there and I say, first of all, in order to say a true authentic yes, I have to have the ability to say no. If I don't have the ability to say no, then I can't really ever say yes. Right. Which is a very interesting thing, right? I mean, so that's holding on to yourself. Is holding on to yourself means giving yourself the ability to say no or to say yes. Right. Now, that's not easy because you have to feel what? Worthy or worthwhile of saying no or yes. I mean, if you gave a real fully yes, some people can say no all the time. I'll never forget, I was giving a talk once over at the uh, Torrance um, National Council on Alcoholism, the NCA at that point. Um, They were just called the National Council on Alcoholism. Later, they became National Council on Alcoholism and Drug Dependence, NCADD. So I'm giving this talk, and it's Saturday mornings. I was volunteering, and it was a recovery talk. And there was this one guy that came in every week. And he had this T-shirt on, and it said, before you even ask, the answer is no. Wow. Every week, the same shirt. And he would come in with his two older daughters and wife. Mm-hmm. They were all in, starting this process of recovery. He was the alcoholic in the family. Mm-hmm. 
funny thing is you can never say no to alcohol. <laughs> you can say no. The answer, to the answer was, was never no. Yeah. The answer was never no. It is that. So he, he's coming in week after week. I said, God, I've noticed you just wear that shirt all the time. It's kind of, it's almost like you wear it like you're proud of it. He said, God damn right. I'm proud of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, you know, it starts with no, and you're going to have to convince me. And I turned to his kids and stuff. And I says, is that true? They go, Oh yeah, that's who he is. And, and what was missing, he was never able to say a yes in his life. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever said yes to him. It was always a no. And his family came up once and volunteered to do a session with me out in, as part of the mm-hmm. education. Yeah. And, and what came up in that session is the girl say, you know what this has done to us, dad, is we don't come to you things with things because we don't think you're going to talk it through with us. We're going to go to mom. And so we leave you out of a lot of stuff in our life. We don't engage you because we don't feel like we can talk to you about these things and get it and have a process with you and, and talk it through. And, and if you think it's not a good idea or maybe sometimes that you would, but we never get that option with you. And we miss that. We've been missing you. And they started to cry. And this guy broke down mm-hmm. first time in his life and says, oh, my God. I didn't, I wasn't aware of what I was doing to you guys with my t-shirts and my behavior. Right. And his identity, which, which he, he believed, I mean, because he had never, I mean, we all make sense. It's like he had not ever gotten, he had never gotten yeses. So he got no. So, but his, his talk about holding on, his identity was, he stated it in holding on to no, he would lose himself. He thought. He would lose himself if he didn't say no, and uh, and he'd never never seen. Uh, yeah, he'd held on so tight to he was holding on to, to himself. What we would say in terms of the subject matter we have today is, we'd like to think that's not his authentic self. It's it's, it's, a, it's a defensive self, and that's what we're saying is is that yeah. if you is is being rigid like that is not holding on to yourself either. Because holding on to yourself has to do with being firm and yet flexible. Mm-hmm. It's not just a rigidity, right? It's a position. This is what seems true for me at this moment, but I can change my mind. I can say no to my wife about throwing it out, stuff out, and then she says, you know, there's, I put a dead skunk in this thing, and could you get it out of the house? And at that point in time, I'm off that couch, baby, because I don't want that skunk in the house That's, either. You're, you're full on yes. I'm a full on <laughs> yes. But I have to be open to more information to find out what makes it important to the other person. So that's the influence part. So when we talk about holding on to yourself, we're not talking about a rigidity. We're not mm-hmm. talking about, because that's falling out of the other side of it. Just like if I have to say yes all the time, that's not healthy. If I say no all the time, it's not healthy. And what we're talking about is wanting you to have an option, to have the option to say what you want and to be open to changing your mind if what the other person is, is wanting from you is so important and that they share with you. And then you can say, wow, I can see you. What makes that important right now? I can put aside my no and go with a yes. Well, and I would, what I would add to that is just uh, this: it's not even an option. There need to be options because, as just in the just in the example you're giving, I'm coming up with a, a lot of different options that, that that people and when you and when we are coming from a defensive place, we don't tend 
well, we basically are not scanning options. We're, we, we, we land on something and we, and we, and we hold tight. And it's like, um, and it becomes, yeah, it becomes, uh, then it becomes a power struggle where one doesn't, doesn't need to, there's no need for one. It's That's like, right. Right. yeah. So it's what we're really saying here in, in one way is, you know, we started to talk about it last time when we started to describe this, you know, what is the, what I like to think of is the psychological or biological. It's both. It's biological yeah. and psychological. Cause I, I'm, you know, I think, I don't know if we've talked about this, but it would be worth mentioning. I, I and I think we think the same, but I'll check it out with you. Mm -hmm. See, I don't think of the mind and body as separate things. The mind is the body. The body is the mind. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think of a dualism in terms of that. I think that's all part. And so, when when I'm thinking about um, our organism, we are we have a certain imperative, a biological imperative, if we want to look at it from the biological point of view a psychological imperative if we want to think about it from a psychological. And what is the imperative? Well, first of all, it's you're always going to move to next. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you're not going to just stay right here. Right. right here doesn't happen. We start right here, but we just start right here. We don't stay right here. And that's, that's, that's why it wasn't stay right here. It's like start right here, right? Right. Start right here. But right is here is always moving to next. So, and we move to next based on the emerging need. So let me just say it. So mm -hmm. we started this thing. I sat down and I was eating some food. Mm -hmm. That's what was important to me. Mm -hmm. You said, please feel free to, to eat. And I needed to because my yeah, I said, body, I said, take, yeah, I said, take your time. I didn't want you to hurry. Yeah. Right. And, and, mm -hmm. you know, and you've seen me when I'm hungry, I'm nasty and I'm ugly. And I'm, I'm scared. I'm scared <laughs> of you. You were scared. <laughs> make sure that, that that guy didn't show up. The Mr. Hyde. That's right. <laughs> the, hidden, the raging and hidden Mr. Hyde didn't show up. So, so I was able to eat some food. What did I need that food to up? to restore my balance. See, I was hungry. The emerging need for mm -hmm. me, I was hunger. I want to move towards some food so I can satisfy that. And now I don't need to think about eating. I can think about spending yeah. a wonderful yeah. time with you. Yeah. That, that process, the always moving towards the emergent need and satisfying it is the imperative that we all have. You have that imperative. If you've got to go pee, you're going to – Think about peeing until you pee. If if you're if I'm upset with something, I'm gonna stay upset about it until I resolve it. If there's an unfinished trauma in my life, what's it gonna keep doing? It's gonna keep coming up until I resolve it. I go back and solve whatever I take care of, whatever I didn't take care of. Either I find my voice that I didn't have at the time, or I something that helps me then finish with that. So then I can move on to what's next. Right. So yeah, the way I describe that to people, a lot of times, whether we're talking about inner child stuff with trauma or even just any earlier version of yourself is what I think of is, is all of those earlier versions of ourselves are extremely patient and, and whatever the needs that they had that were really important to get met that didn't get met, they just pitch a tent and they wait and, and they're there. And, and it's like, it's like, so part of what we do in therapy a lot of times is we travel back through time with these folks and say, okay, what, what was, you know, and basically if you find, if you find a, you know, a version of yourself sitting outside the tent, 
it's not, I wonder if something is unresolved here. It is, I wonder what's unresolved here because they're not here. They wouldn't be here because, because when you, you know, this is about human emotions for one thing. Emotions exist only in the present tense. It's, it's they're either expressed or they're not expressed. It's, it's like when we're, I, I talk to people a lot of times about being emotionally constipated. In order to be able to stay free, you have to keep the emotional digestive system moving. And, and it's like, it's some people, people either love or hate that metaphor, but it's like, it, 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 it works. It's, it's like, you know, you can't live in the world and experience things when not have emotions that you have to process. And it also teaches us that, to, that we don't, we like to think we can differentiate and we're taught we're supposed to, that there's, you know, basically to, to use the metaphor graphically, there's some shit that's okay and some shit that's not. Nope. It all needs to move through. It's yeah. like, you, you know, and so a lot of times we end up trying to sort out like I mean, most likely for a lot of people, anger, anger is not okay. We're scared of anger. So what do we, somebody who doesn't ever express anger and I say, well, how do you do it with anger? They go, well, I don't get angry. You know, my, my immediate response to those people usually is, well, I don't know sure I want to be in the room when you do because, because you, you know, we all need to be able to do that. And that's gotta be somewhere in there. But that, but to go back to what you're saying, they say, so the idea is, yeah. So you're talking about part of the, part of the holding on is, is processing as much at becoming as masterful as we can in the present tense moving forward so that we're moving as smoothly to next as we possibly can respecting the fact that there's always stuff and and the details are so important my my wife is the one who I'm better these days, but my wife is the one that, that is the one that will point out my hunger often before i do she she will she will say can we, can, can, will you feed your brain? This is her line. Will you feed your brain before we continue this conversation? You know, and I used to, but you know, now I understand what she means. What she basically means is, is go get some protein, you know, and I get some protein and I go, go eat, go eat a chicken sandwich and I come back and go, okay, I'm good. I'm good. And I'm different. It's like, what you know, you're, you're as an athlete, I think you're more aware of that just naturally than maybe I, than I am, but it's like, it's, um, sometimes it's some, but no, and I'm totally with you. Sometimes that's a physiological thing. Sometimes that's a psychological thing. And even when there's and the thing I also know is, is even though I don't understand the whole neurological aspect of all this, I, I, you know, just cause I don't understand it doesn't mean I don't believe it and believe in it. And it's like, it's like the bottom line is, you know, our mind is physiological too. It's like, we don't, you know, we don't understand so much more about what our brain is doing and how much, and, and so much of that has to do with self-compassion from my point of view that we understand we're just acting naturally, you know, in this stuff. People are beating, we beat ourselves up. Oh, how do we respond that way? That doesn't mean we can't change. What it means is we need to understand that we don't, it's like you were talking about our mutual friend before we began the thing about finding a, finding a program that says, let's just understand you. Let's not try to change you. We're not going to start with the premise you said. The premise was, yeah, you're wrong. There's right. something wrong with you. Right. It's yeah. like, you know, somebody in our in that Thursday night group uh, 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 said to, to her. I don't know if you remember this or not, but somebody said somebody was talking about relapsing into their alcoholism, and uh, and, and she told the story of 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 Kurt being uh, Kurt being there, and, and he said he said he shrugged and said. Well, he says, no, I'm not going to judge you. That's what alcoholics do. That's right. 
Yeah. And it was like, she yeah. said, she said it was the most accepted she'd ever felt, you know, it's like, it's beautiful. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it wasn't saying it's a good thing. It wasn't, it wasn't condoning. It wasn't doing anything. It was just saying, I understand. That's right. That's and, right. And that, and, 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 and believe it or not, I'm not losing touch with the, with, with the theme here. It's like the idea is because to be able to have that level of, of self-acceptance, that, that particular brand of, of, uh, compassion for ourselves and that is self-acceptance is compassionate is because it allows us to keep moving without getting crowded yeah. like as crowded as if we were a golfer walking down the fairway thinking of all these things it's like instead we're just going like next yes yes so two thoughts came to mind when you were mm -hmm. sure and i and i love this discussion because it's such an important one so the first thought was, is so there are so many ways we interrupt our healthy functioning. I remember working with Dr. Kempler and he used to say, the, this, he says it's so important that people treat certain emotions as they're a goal, like getting someone to cry. He was talking about training therapists, like, God, a therapist feels good. Somebody got angry in that session. It's like, you did a great job. Or if they <laughs> cried in that session, man, they cried. Mm -hmm. I really did my job as a therapist today. They mm -hmm. cried. And he says, you guys, you're missing the point, guys. It's mm -hmm. a step along the way. So if they cry, then it's what's next. They got to go to what's next is understanding it, integrating whatever it is. Same with anger. Anger is not the final place. After I get angry, I got to find out what's underneath that. With oftentimes is a sadness or I'm afraid or whatever it is. And he says, you got to keep going through it. But yeah. see, that's the issue. Nobody encourages you. You know, if somebody's yelling at somebody, they say, oh, please stop yelling at me. How often right. does somebody say, please keep yelling? Yell, get it all out. I want to hear everything. You are so upset and That's I want right. you to dump it all. I mean, That's right. I don't I don't think you've yelled at me from a 37 degree angle yet, because you get over here and, and give, give it to me from that. It's like, no, it's like, <laughs> see they don't do it. We shut no. it down. You know, we shut it down. I and, you know, you see guys do that if their wife is crying, what do they want them to do? Stop crying. Yeah, let me get tissue. Let me do. Please, please yeah, stop yeah. crying. Guy gets angry in a relationship. What does the woman mm -hmm. want? Please stop getting angry. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. If we could find a way to hold on to ourselves. So that's the other part. If I hold on to myself, I can leave a lot of room for you to do whatever you need to do. Right. You don't. Now, now, now I feel like I feel like for any for listeners, too, we need to. I, I want to emphasize here, too. That doesn't mean all all forms of expressing this stuff are OK. This, <laughs> no, because not, the, I know. Because I was I want to say this. It's a this good is, the, the idea is the idea is if some because if somebody is if somebody is, is screaming and yelling and and basically it, that's violent energy. You don't have to be hitting something to be violent energy. It's like, no, the, the challenge here is we're not, we're, we're not wanting to shut your anger down. We're not wanting to shut it down. What we want to do is, is help you see and understand how, how you can express it in a way that makes that is, that is first of all, safe for other people in the room and that you can actually be heard because what's, what's ultimately happening is when, when you are that, because when you're that angry and, and you're you, and you're going to a defensive posture of feeling like I have to scream this at you, then basically defense, in my opinion, always begets defense. So so once your defenses are up, the defenses are the ones who are doing the communicating and, and the people are not. The authentic selves are, are, are gone at that point. Yeah. And yeah. so and, so and we want to be able to do that. Here's an interesting thing that I, I, I've um, done with a few people. 
you know, of course, I, I want the person. The, the most dangerous moment with anger is when someone loses contact with you visually, right? Mm -hmm. So when they start to quote see red, mm -hmm. they're no longer seeing the person. So it's very. If you are someone who tends to get angry. You know, what the tip Tom and I can give you is keep looking at the person. So keep processing the information from the person because you may be angry at them, but you're angry because they're important to you. Something happened that disappointed you or whatever. And if you stay in touch with them and you see they're starting to get afraid of you, it'll help you regulate yourself, right? It'll help you modulate what's going on and say, look, I am upset, but I can see it's bothering you. I'm going to go in the other room and scream and yell for a while and pound on the bed or pound on some pillows or something like that. I'll come out when I'm, when I'm able to talk about it more reasonably with you. That's, right. that's being a responsible person. If your partner's unable to do that, if you turn to them and say, look, I know you're upset, and right now I'm so scared with, with the volume in your voice and stuff, and can you protect me? Mm -hmm. I'll tell you that rarely mm -hmm. happens when someone gets angry at a person. Mm -hmm. Look at what, what you're doing. They get, like you said, they throw, they don't realize it. They're not doing it intentionally, but they throw gasoline on the fire. Right. But oftentimes if you go the other way, and this is what Gregory Bateson pointed out so mm -hmm. strongly is we're in this system together. And if I do what's unexpected, like if two dogs are fighting, when do they stop? When the other dog shows its neck to the other one. It says, you, you know, it's over. I'm done. You've got me. Right. You know, as soon as that happens, then the fight stops between them. Same thing in personal relationships. If And I remember that Roger and I were working with this one very violent client, and we weren't sure we were going to be able to continue. I mean, he was talking about picking up the pencil on the floorboard of the car when his sober companion was driving him to a meeting and sticking the pencil through the guy's neck. Mm -hmm. So we were obviously feeling a bit intimidated with yeah. this. Just a little bit, you know. Definitely check the car for sharp, pointy That's pencil. Right. I mean, right. But where, where the whole treatment with this guy turned around is we came in and says, look, we're scared. I'm scared of you. Mm -hmm. Roger said, I'm scared of you. The sober kid said, I'm scared. If we're going to go on, we need you to help us feel safe. Yeah, it's good. And he did it, man. He, he started, first of all, he cried because nobody ever just mm -hmm. talked to him about it. Everybody wanted to control him. Nobody mm -hmm. ever asked him to help him. So it really was very therapeutic in terms of interchange that, that took place. Well, nobody, and nobody had ever seen, seen him, seen that as a possibility of him. See, yeah. I mean, I mean, you're, you're actually seeing something you're, you're, you're even, even if in that moment, you're making a wild guess, and I think you're probably were doing more than that. But even let's just even say, I'm going. We're going to make a play for this and hope that that's in there. You're 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 basically saying, I see, I see you, I see, you know, I see, I see you behind all that stuff, and it's it's like, and and by the way, that's and and I mean, when you're in a relationship that is that is playing out where those kinds of scenes are happening repeatedly. I mean, until, until, until you learn specifically, talk about start right here, until you actually get some help and learn specifically how to break those patterns, how to take that thing, how to deconstruct that and build it back in a different way, it's like, it's going to keep happening over and over again. It's an, in, it's an endless loop. And you can't, you know, and you can't expect somebody else to be able to do it. It's one of the reasons in like, what I like to do is I like to do 
because I'm a control freak anyway, this is one of the ways I found that I could actually use my control freakness to my advantage is, is, is a therapist. Sometimes I'll take somebody's place in, in, in the relationship. I'll say, do you mind if I'm you for a little while? And because, and here's the, uh, here's the essence. We can, we, we can do some examples of that sometime. It might be helpful. It might be fun to do in this, in our, in our podcast, but it's like, the, the one thing that is true is I can be, you know, if, if we're doing that and I'm going to be Jess, you know, instead, and you're going to, and you're going to be you. And I'm a, so I'm going to be your wife. It's like, I can talk to you in a way that maybe Jess can't because, because I'm not Jess and I don't, you don't push my buttons. So I, so, and here's the simple thing. I can stay in the conversation longer. I can ask you a question that if Jess is defensive because you're pissed off that she can't, because she's defending, but I can say, Hey, wait a minute, let me ask you a question. And sometimes the question is this, what do you, and I, I love asking this question of people just in, in the world when they seem to be like pissed off at me. I mean, not even in therapy. Like, Are you mad? Are you mad at me? It is the most disarming question you can ask people. I always tell people, you can't ask it with attitude. It's not going to work. But if you ask genuinely, I, I said that to a, to a, 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 a clerk, a, a person in a, in a clothing store one time that was just an asshole to me for no reason. And I said, are you mad at me? I mean, of course, don't know the guy. He, he goes, he says, he goes, no, he goes, I'm sorry. You know, I'm having a bad day. All of a sudden, what? We're bonded. Oh yeah. Bad day. I've had some, you know, it's like, but the reason is I don't get my buttons pushed. So what we're having to do is having to help, help people to, well, stay in there a little bit longer. That's right. I love it. I love that. That's right on. And look, we're given all kinds of different examples of holding on to yourself. If I'm the angry guy and I'm, and I'm stay aware of the other person that I'm in relationship with and modulate my anger accordingly, that's holding on to yourself. If I'm that scared partner and I own that I'm scared and I ask if that person can mm -hmm. take care of me and protect mm -hmm. me, that's holding on to yourself. Mm -hmm. If they can't, then I need to walk away. Then I need to, mm -hmm. to take care of my safety. Right, right. But I can ask for what I want and asking for what you want mm -hmm. is holding on to yourself. Inquiring with someone, are you upset with me or I'm not aware that I did something to upset you? Can you help me understand it? If you're truly, if you ask that question sincerely, right on. You know, you're going to get some cooperation from mm -hmm. that person, likelihood. If not, then you're not. And then you deal with that. Right. See, right. so holding on to yourself. Is well, see, that's, that's the next part. So you, what you're saying is you try, and, and see, this, this is something that, you know, you and I both talk about experimental mindedness all the time, too. And it's like, and what I'm always saying to clients is try something, you know, give it, a, give it an honest try. And if it doesn't work, you go on. It's like, you know, and it's, and that's the, you know, my, you know, one of my broken record points is everything's information. So if I suggest some things to you in a therapy session and you go home and you try these things, you come back and go, well, how'd that go? And you said, <laughs> that, that was some of the worst advice I ever got from anybody. That, none of that worked. Yeah. And I go like, all right, now we got some information. Yeah. Okay. That doesn't work. It's like, you know, and, and it's like, you know, and it's usually in, in the gray area. It's like, well, we're going to figure out some things that are going to help and some things that aren't, and we'll build it. But yeah. I, I love, because I'm going to hang on to that part where you're talking about is, is to, because I'm always talking about, are you stuck or are you not stuck? The way you tell you if you're not stuck is, are you moving to next? Yes, that's right. That's, that's, all, that's all you need. You don't have to have the resolution. You don't have to be all the way down the road. Am I moving to next? Because if I am, then I'm moving. That's and right. I'm not stuck. That's right. 
That's exactly right. And so, you know, this becomes such an important thing in relationships because if I don't know how to hold on to myself, then what happens is then I start to depend on my partner to take care of me. And that's not what a relationship is about. It's not a mutual aid society. <laughs> okay, well, say, say more about that. When, I, when yeah. you're saying, what do you mean by, oh, by Like that. So yeah. if, 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 if I am sad, it's my sadness. And I can go to my partner and say, you know what, I, you know, you got a moment to talk to me. You know, I'm not, I'm sad right now. Mm-hmm. And if they say no, that's okay. Doesn't mean they don't love me. Maybe they just don't have any resource within them at that moment. And they're just being honest with me rather than sitting there and trying to listen to me when they're not interested. I don't want that. I don't need mm-hmm. charity. I want somebody that really wants to be there. So if they say no, and they, that's holding on to themselves, then I can say, if I'm in my best self, or if I'm a, a bit mature, I, and I'll I, say, well, I'm disappointed. I was hoping I can, but I'll give Tom a call. Mm-hmm. I'll reach right, out to Tom. Maybe right. he's got some time to talk. Right. To I don't need her to be okay. I don't have a rule. You're my wife. You should take care of me. That's where the trouble comes in. If I put a should on her at that point in time, now we're off to Shouldsville. Forget it. It's not a destination you want to visit. <laughs> it's that's not right. A- no. And, and that's, well, actually, that's just, I mean, I just think that's worth, since we're, once we're right there uh, at this point, to stop and just say that that's it, just in terms of relationship, primary relationships or relationships in general, that's such an important point that yeah, I, I, I don't know if I learned it in therapy or I just learned it across time is the idea that, that the, we're taught in sort of the Hollywood model of relationships is that our, that our partner, you know, our spouse is supposed to be all things to us yes. and, and they're not, and they're not, and we're, and we're not, we're not to them. They're not. To, it's, it's like, that's the other side, isn't it? We're not either. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, it's, <laughs> that's, that always helps me. And, and to realize it's like, no, we love each other. That's, that's the foundation if of that, we love each other. It's you, 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 you actually responded to something I said uh, in some situation the other day when I said, I married somebody who was, who loves me, but is not impressed with me. And, and you, you said, you said, I may have changed your life. It's like, it's like, it's, it's like, you know, you know, in terms of some of the work that, that you and I do, especially in public and stuff like that, sometimes we're kind of more, we're, people can be impressed. If I write something, I want to impress people. I want people to say, oh, if I, if I do a speech, I want people to be impressed, stuff like that. That's not what I get here, not at home. Yeah. It's like, you know, and, and, it's, and it's like, and I've, and I've known, you know, I've been living in Nashville, I've known musicians and, and country stars and things like that that sometimes get a little confused when, they're, when they're, their families are not impressed. You know, and it's like so helpful when they learn that, that, no, they don't have to be. But in the same way, they don't have, our spouses don't have to be there and be the perfect person for us to, to, to take care of us, to care for us, or love us, that kind of stuff. That's, we need depth on the bench, is what I think about. Oh, we need depth on that bench. And as people in the program, we, you know, we don't have a corner on the market of the need, but we have a wonderful system in our, in our recovery program to where we're taught that from the very beginning. You know, you don't just get, you don't just get one phone number. 
you get your, you get a list of phone numbers that'll wear yourself out while you're while you're dialing all of them. Depth on the bench, I love it. I've never yeah, heard of and, and 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 it's wonderful when our when sometimes Dee Dee can be the perfect person to talk to, and I hope that's okay. I hope she feels the same for me at the time. But that's that's not that's not part of the contract. Sorry. Well, that we've got our topic for next time: the curse okay. of perfectionism. Yes. What is the effect of that on relationships, on ourselves, on our self-esteem, on our development? You know, like you said, I mean, I thought it was such a great point. I don't need her to be perfect. You know, what, what we talked about earlier is, is the more authentic our relationship is, I think the more um, valuable it's going to be to us. It doesn't mean we're going to get everything we want, but by being in a relationship with someone who's authentic, we are going to have the best chance in the world to continue to grow ourselves because it creates a certain grinding when you're in an authentic relationship. Mm -hmm. but we'll talk more about that. That's I like going it. to be a great topic for next time. So we want to just leave you with this thing. Holding on to yourself is about starting right here. It's starting with what is really going on for you and understanding that, that it's your job, right, to find a way to keep a hold of yourself, which means to honor your integrity and at the same time honor the connection that you're having because that's equally important to you. You know, a, a person who is able to differentiate, meaning that they they balance their need for togetherness with their need for separateness. They balance their right. union right with their individuality. That's what we're striving for here because if I can honor both of those sides to me, then I'm going to show up in my relationship with myself, with you, always coming in the best way I can, you know, coming from the best part of myself and that different each moment. The best in me today isn't the same as yesterday. Today, no, right, no. Now, right now, my blood pressure is pretty good today. My best in me is a little yeah. better than yesterday. Yeah, we'll, and we'll talk about that with perfectionism, too, that our upper limits and lower limits change according to many, many, many variables. But, but I want to add one piece to what you're saying as the wrap-up here, because I'm a big believer in uh, having, I call them magnet questions, questions that we can carry around with us that will attract information or questions that are tools to help us. And you've given me a new one today, which is, which is, it's simply this, I, am I moving to what's next? Am I, so, so I would say that even though we're not, de you know, it would be, if we were talking to an individual person, we could actually say this is where that, what that would mean in your situation. We're asking people to kind of try to apply that in their situation is take that question and see if it can be useful to you. Am I moving to what's next? Because am I moving to what's next is another way of saying, am I, am I, am I unstuck? And if we're unstuck, you know, this, this is the cool thing about the whole body, mind body thing. If we're out of our own way, which is really what we spend our time trying to help people do is get out of our, in our, in what we do in our daily, if we're out of our way, we're fine. Yeah. We're good. It's like, may not be perfect, per not perfect, right. but we're, we're, but we're moving. Okay. We're moving. So am I moving to what's next? Great. This is beautiful. Wonderful. So, how do they hear? How do they learn more about your work, Tom? Uh, go to my website, tomrutledge.com. Uh, books are there. Uh, our twelve, our twelve episode uh, video series for the for the 
COVID days for uh, extra recovery is there. Uh, information about our pod- this podcast is is there, as well as a free download page. As, as you you have you have free you have freebies on your. your I've got freebies. Too. I open source a lot of things, handouts from my talks and stuff, and my website is A B P H D. My initials. A B and then the PhD.com. And we, we look forward to joining you next time. If you liked something you heard here, please, please share it with your friends. Um, we really want to spread the word and uh, pass on some of the stuff that we've been so freely given in our life. Absolutely. If you don't like it, please contact Alan. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't like it, don't tell anybody about it. You get to keep coming back because you might hear something next time that you like. We'll try and harder. We'll, next. We'll, tr- we'll try harder. <laughs> no, we always open, open to comments. Love That's it. Right. We really are. Thank you. So next week. See you next week. It's a spiral, not a circle. Goes round, round. Look in the mirror, trust the reflection